0: Welcome to Spooklore. <laughs> I was trying to do. What's the guy's name that did the, the pendulum? I liked from it. the old, like the old movies. What's his name? That's gonna I drive have me no nuts. No idea. Oh, that's gonna drive me nuts. Uh, Vince. Uh, oh, that's gonna drive me nuts. Anyway, the stories we tell communicate who we are and what we value. Each episode, we consider a different story from our perspective as women. From murder ballads to fairy tales, we discuss the power these stories have over us all.
1: This is our history, both real and imagined, told through the eyes of today. This is Glamour. Hey, men. Hey, Rach. Uh, do you know what season it is, right? Now? Sure do. It's getting spooky up in here. Yeah,
0: spook lore. I'm so excited. This is my favorite time of year. Oh, yay. It's like, I, I love being scared. I watch scary movies actually with a, I have a scary movie club. Do you? Yeah. And we watch movies, scary movies every Friday. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's uh, it's gotten pretty weird. There's some weird, scary movies out have there. Have you watched The Invisible Man? Yes. What are your thoughts? I think it's pretty good. Yeah. It's a uh, very, uh, well, I thought the ending could have been better, but
1: so I made it about forty minutes in. It was a night when, like, we had ordered food in, and then our food got here, and I was just kind of like, it was already dark out, and I wasn't even to the real scary parts. Like, some stuff had just started happening, and I already was looking around and feeling. So I was like, I don't really think it's a good idea for me to keep watching this.
0: <laughs> Something about yeah, that that movie was like unsettling because it was like about. Domestic abuse and just like just like a lot of scary oh, layers. Well that there too for on the like and, reality yeah. layer. Like mm-hmm. you went there
1: and, and that's good. We should talk about that. But I I also think for me, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I am somebody who gets freaked out by the shadows, which I think comes from the fact that we're taught that like some scary person might be waiting in the shadows to do harm to us, like as women. But you know, I already Yeah, I don't really like the dark I don't. Mm. So I think the fact that that movie seemed like the whole premise is being scared of something that's not there. I'm like, I already do that enough myself.
0: <laughs> this feels too too close. I feel seen. I yeah. don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of scary personifications of things that could attack you, I have quite a story today. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Great transition. Thank and- <laughs> you. That's why they pay me no bucks. I have, but for today, so this story is actually from South Africa. And uh, it's, it's an urban legend that started in 1994. So it's like a, an, a late, what we like to call, actually, it's not urban legend. It's called contemporary legend. Sorry, it's been renamed. Um, contemporary legend from 1994. And it is really good. But before we hop in, I want to really quick uh, tell you about a nonprofit man that I, that I found that we can pair with this story. Great. Perfect. So the nonprofit is HPSA. The nonprofit is HPSA. Um, And basically what it does is it empowers families to turn hunger and poverty into hope and prosperity. But the approach is also more than just giving a handout. They link communities and help bring sustainable agriculture and commerce to areas with a long history of poverty. Um, And they actually give animals to partners um, with so that they can get both food and a reliable income, and they use that the ag- agricultural products like milk, eggs, honey, and they can be sold at markets. So that's it's awesome. kind of sustainable income, mm-hmm. um, and it's I think it's um, so check out their website. It's hpsa.org.za because this is South Africa, not not America. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a South African nonprofit. So check them out. Um, they seem to do really good work, and uh, yeah, that's our- amazing. Ready for the story? Ready to get scared? I'm ready. All right. Pinky Pinky. Annika was going to be late. She told her mom she would be home right after school, but the teacher let her stay late to make up that test she missed last week. Surely her mom would understand. Fifty multiple-choice questions, and two hours later, she turned in her test and, gathering her stuff, began to walk out of the school. The deserted hallways always creeped her out. Everything sounded louder when she was alone. Why was that? Her footsteps seemed to sound like loud drums on the tile floor. She only had her own long shadow for company as she made her way down towards the front door. She was just about to push the door open when she glanced to her left and saw the ladies room. It was a long walk home, almost 45 minutes. She had better go now, otherwise she might have to stop on the side of the road later. She sighed, let go of the door, and headed into the ladies room. She got into the stall, and as she closed the stall door, she thought she heard something. "'Hello?' she asked. "'Was it footsteps that she heard? Whatever. She just needed to use the restroom and get home.' Locking the stall door, she lifted up her skirt, pulled down her underwear, and sat down on the seat. "'Wait, what was that? Did she hear footsteps?' There wasn't anyone here. She knew that. Her teacher, maybe? But he had left right after her, and he went to the parking lot. She saw him. And the parking lot was in the exact opposite direction.' "'Your underwear,' a voice said. It was so small at first that she could barely make out the words. "'What? What did you say? Who's there?' Annika could hear her heart in her ears, and she suddenly realized how alone she really was. "'Your underwear,' it said again, only slightly louder. She could hear a footstep, then something sliding, like something was dragging on the cheap linoleum tiles. Step, drag, step, drag. It grew louder as if it was making its way toward the stall.' Annika began to cry. "'Who's in here?' she demanded, tears welling up in her eyes and her voice shaking. She pulled her underwear back up and quickly stood up. It was in front of the stall now. She could see a foot under the stall door. The foot's nails were yellow and split, and something next to the foot, was it a paw of some kind? The skin was so pink it almost glowed in the afternoon light.
1: "'I want your underwear!' the voice
0: yelled. It was her mother that sounded the first alarm, but they didn't find Annika until the next morning." When the custodian got into the school, he found her there, in the bathroom, her throat sliced and her pink underwear missing. Was that too much? <laughs> Creepy. I know, right? Uh, I actually didn't do as much as the, the pinky pinky has been known to do, but can we just real quick comment that you're wearing pink headphones real quick? <laughs>
1: you know I love pink. I feel like you picked this on purpose.
0: <laughs> I might be trolling you. <laughs>
1: I'm not sorry about it. Um, just wait till I get to tell my story <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah so this like I mentioned this can be traced back to 1994 um, and the descriptions vary of Pinky Pinky um, but they're, consist- they're kind of consistent that they describe a pink skinned feminine man of late middle age who dresses in a mixture of both male and female clothes um, and if a person surprises this creature then they can see his face which is human but ugly mottled, and often bald if it sees a person looking, then its features blur so that someone, so that people can't, the only thing they can see is like two pink colored eyes. And it's alleged vic- victims say that it tries to corner girls and then speaks to her in music, in like a woman's voice and asks if the girl will play or be friends. Um, and that's from aquizam.com. So yeah, pretty creepy, huh? Yeah. And so is it,
1: it's called pinky pinky because it's, it's pink or it, and it likes pink things. So that's why I was going after the pink underwear.
0: Yeah, I think it's both. Mm-hmm. It's got an affinity for pink, Mindy. I'm done. <laughs> I'm walking out. I'll see you later. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> um, the other thing uh, that is very interesting about this is... Um, this actually came up in my research for <laughs> Batman ghosts. <laughs> you can't focus. You this on purpose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
0: I'm looking you're at you. looking up
1: spook lore, and you're like, what's something about liking pink? So I can scare Mindy because we record in a room with her all pink. Floral pink curtains.
0: Uh-huh. Pink rug, shaggy rug. I do have a fluffy, shaggy pink rug. And a pink candle.
1: I also have, I mean, there's lots of other colors in here. It's a
0: it's predominantly pink.
1: <laughs> no, and it's so funny because this whole thing, too, about pink, you know, because we so gender that color. And honestly, for a while, I try, I like didn't wear pink. I was like, no, you know, because everybody said, but I really like pink. And I think the older that I've gotten and the more comfortable that I've gotten in my femininity and power as a woman, I'm able to embrace it more because I can see it as being powerful, but it's really messed up in the story how, I mean, it's used then as being back against women, like all, I mean, this story is so complex. There's so many things in here that are set up to scare us.
0: Wow. Um, Well, just to scare you a little bit more and go off the gendered thing, um, apparently boys can't see pinky pinky, only little girls. And um, I can get more into that. It's a little bit more serious. We can get into that later. Let's first talk a little bit about the bathroom. I think this is very interesting. So um, I'm sure we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but bathroom ghosts I'm kind of obsessed with. And There's a lot in Japan. Um, and I I went when I lived in Japan, you, this one actually is in the third floor on the third stall. And my classes were on the third floor in Japan. So, yeah. It's really, really kind of scary. And I kind of love it. Did you it. ever
1: use the third stall?
0: Yes. But I would never say her name. Like, come on. I'm not, not stupid. Right? Like, I don't believe in it. But oh, why so chance in it?
1: the Japanese folklore of bathroom ghosts, they only come when you say their name?
0: Well it's a mixed bag okay Okay. (laughs) I like to believe it's the first way right um but yeah so so you know I think this idea though that's really fascinating about bathrooms is so I I did some research and I was looking up kind of like why why would this be a big deal um and I actually looked up uh, there's this really cool book uh, called the usefulness of ghost stories by Jeannie Banks Thomas and um really bathrooms force us to like confront the unseen forces of work at our in our own bodies, right? Like bathrooms are a place where we're very made very aware that we're very physical, right? That we like, I don't know. And that's where a lot of really personal things happen. And it also can signal disease, it can signal problems. And so it's a very vulnerable, but very int- intimate space kind mm-hmm. of. And I think that's really interesting, right? Because you've never, I mean, I never have felt safe in a public toilet ever. Have you? no
1: I mean and I don't know that I I guess I've ever thought about it Um, and I'm not trying to make light of this but when you were saying it the reason why I was kind of smirking and maybe this is going to sound way too weird and Aaron's going to end up cutting it out of the episode but I noticed that with dogs and I remember this blogger and maybe we'd already talked about this before but this blogger was posting about how she's like does anybody else's dogs like come and almost seem like they're trying to like protect you when you're going poop and I guess she researched it and it's like dogs see that you're vulnerable right when you're like oh. sitting there and so a lot because Andy will like walk me Cody to the bathroom busts in. and Yes. Yeah. They'll try to bust in or like he'll come and like lay in one of his like doggy beds that's closest to the bathroom. So he knows like, as soon as I'm like out of there, then he can be, okay, she's fine. And on the flip side, then after I read that and I told my husband about it and we were watching when we walk our dog, it's almost like when he's pooping, he looks around at us like, you guys got my six, right? <laughs> like, like you got my back. That's So we kind of joke about that, but like, really, you're so right. It's because you're taking care of something you know you're not really like ready to protect or fight if you had to do something like that because you are vulnerable and so I think dogs see that and know that and that's almost like it's the same thing here. That's
0: so interesting I didn't yeah. know that but yeah exactly and I think the vulnerability I mean there's like a lot of complexity here I think like uh, like I mentioned the un- unforeseen forces at work but pinky pinky typically attacks prepubescent girls like that's his that's usually who he attacks um and actually this interesting thing came up in that same book was um that you know the bathroom can be scary for a child and I actually I remember our um one of our friends uh we have a we have a very close friend who has a daughter and I remember she used to be like she used to be kind of scared of the bathroom. Her daughter, not not her, (laughs) her daughter. Well, either way, yeah, right. (laughs) But it's a there's a lot of loud noises in there, right? Um, and it's not quiet. Well, lots of loud noises, like the toilet flushing, but also depending on how you're doing. (laughs) It's it's a very interesting, like very like weird. I don't know. It's a very weird space, and it's very um. And I think it's
1: weird for kids. I mean, I haven't potty trained a child or anything, but like it's a weird process Mm -hmm. when they're like
0: getting used to it I mean you know well and it's a like a liminal space right it's kind of like a it's not a bridge like but this idea of like you're just in there for one thing then you get out right if you're gonna shower you do that if you're gonna go to the bathroom you do that it's not somewhere you you are right like
1: I do always kind of feel extra vulnerable in there like I if I'm home alone and I'm gonna take a shower like I you know I'm making sure that every door is locked Mm -hmm. and even sometimes I don't know like why, I don't know, you know, sometimes if you just get like a spooky feeling, then I lock the bathroom door too, even if I'm home alone. But like, I just, I don't know. Like it's, it is so weird because as women were taught in all these stories and especially something like this, that there's something coming after us and wanting us in that vulnerable space and in that way. And the whole thing about prepubescent, like that's what I was going to ask too, because this story, it kind of like, you know, it makes you allude to like, what's he going to do to her? So, you know, do we know it's, he slits her throat and takes her underwear? Are there other like actions that sometimes happen in this too? Is this supposed to like scare young girls about sexuality and sexual things
0: as well? I think it's actually uh, more about sexual predation. And um, I was reading a lot about this in South Africa, specifically, you know, in America, one one. Woman every two minutes is sexually assaulted, Um, and apparently in South Africa, one every seventeen seconds is assaulted. So the rates are higher, but there is also like I've I've read different reports um, about that, and the biggest thing that is the it's at the center of that controversy is that what counts as a rape um, between cultures. So I know in the UK. It's not. This is getting very in the weeds, but it's not by penetration. It's by act. So, for people doing something to a woman, that's only one rape. And in South Africa, they count it each each person. So it's a, the counting is a little different. But that doesn't mean I think this story still like whether it's two minutes seventeen seconds, whatever it is, too much. It's too much. But also, it's a way to kind of scare girls into being wary. Of places where they are vulnerable Mm -hmm. so this story kind of serves to protect women um but it doesn't necessarily go against the system that is hurting them do you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so it's like it's like that classic classic um i guess like classic sentiment where it's like women be safe walking home and it's like how about you just tell men not to hurt women like that would be better right yeah um, but this is really trying to get women to be safer. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting, it's the personification of this predator, right? Um, and if you look at those statistics, and if you look at st- st- statistics in America, I mean, that's it's all bad. Um, of course, that's a natural fear, especially when you see those kinds of statistics. And I think that is a very interesting kind of warning. And I think folklore is serving a purpose here, mm-hmm. right? For yeah. women, but- uh, the one thing that's interesting about him, Pinky Pinky, is that he attacks women that usually miss curfew, miss something, some kind of constraint that they have been given. Hmm. And I think that's very interesting,
1: too. Right? Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes me think of what we were talking about um earlier this season in Don Mm Chaliche about the like obedience kind of being throughout the story and how here too it's like well women and girls should be more obedient because if you hadn't missed curfew if she hadn't stayed late and if her mom had known like you know she wouldn't have been in this vulnerable problematic position is like what they're
0: trying to tell you right but I mean she should be allowed to make up a test right Right. (laughs) like I don't think that that's yeah I kind of kind of uh, if you take that feeling or that sentiment and you push that further it's kind of like pence not meeting women at dinner right like because he's afraid that they'll accuse him or i don't know what his fear is but it's like then women are constrained they're not allowed to do things Mm -hmm. that other people are that men are specifically i
1: almost wondered too like when you're like you know she should be able to make up a test it's like is there something here too about that like you know, women and girls are better and safer when they're at home, like to not prioritize education. I don't know if it's really going there, but it's like, is it a problem that she was
0: trying to prioritize this and like her education well admittedly that was my ad so (laughs) I don't know but but, I mean I think that's possible right um I think that's very possible I think just I just think about some of my work I,
1: I know I had shared that I used to work for an organization called care I really love the work they do and they work to um help like young girls stay in school. So I just was thinking of it through that lens too, because there's some societies. And I mean, I think even I look back at just a couple generations ago, and I mean, it still probably happens to women, women being told, well, you're you're going to be a, a housewife or you're going to, you know, like, what do you need an education for anyways? And like, you see that with early child marriage, girls getting taken out of school, like, That's still happening. And, you know,
0: you see that here too with women. um, That's what I meant. Here, everywhere, but Mm -hmm. like around the
1: world, it's such a problem. Man, there's
0: just a lot of layers here. Yeah. But there's more I want to talk to you about. So Mm -hmm. I do think this does serve for the personification of like that fear Mm -hmm. of of being a victim. Totally. Um, But the really cool thing, uh, so we talked a little bit about bathrooms, but the not cool thing, but the very interesting thing is that Pinky Pinky is not male or female. And I think that also kind of serves that feeling of predation and how that could happen from any kind, like that uneasiness, right, mm. uh, that you have. And it could happen from anybody. And, you know, he, he's usually seen as like a feminine voice. And like, so I think the, the horror of Pinky Pinky is that he's supposed to be safe because women are seen as safe, which like I also want to throw out because – not all women are caregivers, mm-hmm. not all women are good. <laughs> like, like that's just not how it how it works. We're people, right? Um, and I, I think that the, the horror of Pinky Pinky is that he is uh, taking what we see as very caring and he's transforming it to kind of like a be a predator, right? To, to prey on these young women, uh, young girls, really. And it's very, you know, I think that uneasiness is that's just very interesting to me
1: yeah I I wasn't really thinking about all those nuances within that yeah so when pinky pinky's using a like friendly feminine voice to kind of seem safe and then you know because I wasn't thinking of pinky pinky as feminine when you're talking about the gnarly toes and the paw and stuff but you know the other things that might lead up to an encounter with Pinky Pinky that you mentioned of the voice or, you know, even the being the color pink, right?
0: Like that's mm-hmm. supposed to kind of seem like, oh, well, it's four girls because it's pink, I think. I think that duality is one, one thing about Pinky, but the fact that Pinky Pinky, but the fact that um, he is every like he's also part animal. Mm. i think it's really interesting yeah because animals you know like we love our dogs we love our but they are in some ways kind of unknown like they could do something that you don't understand um i remember when when i was uh when i had cody and he was younger he got in a dog fight and i went my mom went to break it up and she they like you know they were fighting uh which by the way never break up a dog fight even if you love your dog um and my mom was bleeding and it was just like, we'd never seen our animals act like animals and they are animals, right? Yeah. And I think there's this kind of like unknown factor of like the, part of the reason why Pinky Pinky is part animal is like, you don't know what they're going to do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That I mean, people say like that animal instinct or just like, you know, and I feel like that's usually used in a, like bad way. Mm-hmm. Because it is like the unknown,
0: but yeah, I mean, so that's interesting, right? Like who Pinky is is very interesting, and again, I think the duality of the duality of Pinky Pinky is supposed to make us feel safe, and then it's supposed to but also
1: terrify terrify us, us. Yeah.
0: exactly. Um, and so that's that's very interesting. I just want to really go really quick go back to the um, the bathroom because I heard that this is a great quote um, that I found about the bathroom itself and find it so one thing that i was reading again in that book the usefulness of ghost stories was that supernatural legends that take place in the bathroom like bloody mary um some people think that it expresses a specific fear of for girls because of menstruation which i think is like i don't know how i feel i mean the usefulness of ghost stories was written by a woman so i don't think that she was trying to say anything about like how women feel um, but there is an anxiety there in the bathroom, right? And I, I felt it many a time. Um, like, oh, gosh, is everything okay? Like, mm-hmm. did it, you know, like all this, you know, is something happening that I don't know about? Well,
1: I have to admit, when you were telling the story, so I think that this is true. Because then when you got to the part where she's sitting down to go to the bathroom, I thought it was going to have to do something with menstruation.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Like, I thought maybe there was going to be something there, you know, because I can like that. It's scary the first time or, you know, and if you don't really know what to expect, what's happening like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, I think bathrooms hold a different kind of anxiety for women Mm -hmm. um, because of the kinds of things that we have to kind of prepare for and be ready for. I mean, there's many times where I've gone to the bathroom and noticed that I've leaked and I'm like, oh, no. What am I gonna do? I have to get out of this situation. And and I now I look back and I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. (laughs) Like, why didn't like that's a natural thing that happened to me. Why is that so embarrassing? Right.
1: Right. I can remember when I was in like middle school or something too. Like, if a boy saw your pad or a tampon, it was like so embarrassing. But then like the older I got, it's like no. If you're embarrassed and you can't even look at this thing, like I have to deal with actually having a period all the time. Like the least you can do is fucking look at my pad or tampon. <laughs> like, I'm not even saying like a used one, but you know, like just a regular one. And it's just, it's taught as um, being something so scary and it's so messed up. Like, I mean, I think that's part of like, we keep women and girls not fully understanding and appreciating their bodies from such a young age because, and then it keeps them like not as connected to it. And I don't know, there's just, there's totally something there of you're almost like, from the beginning, taking it away and, like, making it seem like something that should be taken, like, by men. I don't know. Like, I don't know if that, like, really makes sense, but I don't think that we fully equip young girls.
0: I totally agree. And actually, we know, like, I knew more about the male body when I was younger than I did the female body, right? Mm -hmm. And I think um, that's really um, upsetting, I think that's really, that's just really hard. Um, You know, I I knew at a very young age that if a a boy got hit in a certain spot, they were on the ground, right? Like, you know, where like you just understand things about the male anatomy and the female anatomy is still a question mark to me. A lot of times I follow um, Planned Parenthood on on. Uh, instagram and sometimes they have like oh this is how menstruation works and i'm like oh thank god like i need to know this i should know this right yeah and i think that's it's just like it's uh you know the the marvel and the curse i guess of being a woman um and i i think like we 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 don't get taught in a very succinct way about that and i think bloody mary for example is a very visceral example of women's anxiety or young girls anxieties around you know menstruation and Mm -hmm. You know, I I actually kind of see it, but if it was a man telling me that, I'd be like, oh, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. But it was a woman, and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe I could see that. Yeah, Yeah. I could see it.
1: I think whoever told me, I would probably agree with them.
0: it's like,
1: (laughs) yeah, I mean, you know, uh, man, I don't know. I feel like I want to dive deeper into that, but I don't want to take us too much away from this story specifically, but...
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think bathrooms, just in general, they're creepy places. Mm-hmm. I have, I have, I heard the scariest ghost story in a bathroom, so I won't scare people, but a bathroom is very scary. You know, like, okay, I'm going to tell it to you anyway. Do it. Okay, so I, I go on ghost tour. You know this about me. Everywhere I go, I go on a ghost tour. So I've been to really bad ones and I've been to really good ones. Uh, this one was a really good one. It was in Fort Collins, Colorado. No, no, I'm sorry. That was a very good one. But this one was in Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, we were we were seeing like this like um, restaurant and it had been somebody's house that had died there. And uh, the cops keep getting calls like that in the middle of the night that there's like people in the restaurant when nobody's there. And so this lady went to the bathroom when she was in the restaurant and she was like watching her hands after she went and she looked up and there was somebody behind her. And she just like turned white and ran out of the... Ran out of the rest. This was
1: in your ghost tour.
0: Yeah, in the ghost. Well, they were saying that this is what happened. Oh. And so I, like, now I keep, whenever I wash my hands, Mindy, I'm like always looking at my hands. I don't look up. I don't need to look up. You know what I mean? I don't need to see something <laughs> behind me. See, so there is something to this
1: because there's also, I feel like the similar story is told. There was this place up in Traverse City. I forget what it's called now, but it used to be called the Bowery, this restaurant um, up on Mission Peninsula. Um, I don't know why I'm telling so many details, but we used to go up there all the time. My grandparents lived in Traverse City. and. Yeah, there was all these different stories of like the female ghost who haunted the restaurant. And when you went upstairs to the bathroom, there was this mirror that it made you look skinnier than you were. Because apparently the woman, like part of why she committed suicide was because she was a larger woman and like her husband didn't love her. I know, I know, I know. So, yeah, we don't need to necessarily go down that wormhole, but you see all the issues. Mm -hmm. Um, But so if you were ever looking in that mirror, apparently people would see her show up behind them and she didn't like if you were prettier than she was Mm -hmm. so that was supposed to be like the scary thing if you were like brave enough to look in it um but people also had said that like chandeliers would like randomly like fall or i think like
0: they really need to get somebody out there to look at those chandeliers and how they're <laughs> hanging those up. You know what I mean? Like they yeah, really just need like to weird
1: that. stuff that would happen. But you know, it's like, well, it's a really old building. Uh-huh. So you know, sometimes I would always try to justify, it, but I also would like go and look around and look in that mirror and be like, Oh man, is she gonna come for me? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I We've had many conversations with a well, friend of the podcast, Sapphire Sandala. We've had a, a lot of conversations about how I don't believe in ghosts, but I'm not going to chance it. You know what I mean? But you also
1: love like putting yourself in situations where you would see them. So yes. that always makes me like, it's so funny because I believe in them. And so I try to stay away
0: from situations where... I mean, I wouldn't stay in a haunted room. I'm not stupid, you know, like I'm... Because you believe in ghosts. No, I don't believe in them. I'm just not going to chance it. It's like, if there's a 0.11, you know, 0.0001 chance that this could happen, then why chance it, you know? (laughs) Why chance it?
1: If you say so, Rachel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just airing it all out here on Femlore. Here it is, my dirty laundry, my dirty pink laundry right here. Oh, man, I have
1: a lot of dirty pink laundry right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Really? I thought you hated pink.
1: (laughs) But yeah, so back to that, it's just like, what is Pinky Pinky doing with all this underwear? I mean, so is this just like, it's kind of like the story of like pedophile, pedophilia, story of like, you know...
0: Yeah, I think. Do we know? Also,
1: do we need to know? I don't know if that's really a question that like matters, but it is. It's like there
0: are a lot of different stories of Pinky Pinky, and he does a lot of at- atrocious things. So he, okay. sometimes he'll just scare you. Sometimes he'll rape you. Sometimes oh. he'll kill you. It's just it runs the gamut. He is. Wow. um It's a very interesting character, and I think you know underwear again is very intimate, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is a very intimate garment. Yeah. And so there exists a taboo where like. You know, that's that's your, that's your very personal mm-hmm. to you. Um, the fact that it's pink, I think, goes very, it's very gendered. Because it doesn't sound like he would attack a boy that's wearing pink underwear, for example. Hmm. So, I think it's, like... Even if that child
1: was in the girl's bathroom?
0: I don't think so. I th- boys can't see him, supposedly. Hmm. It's only... And, and I think, actually, that's very interesting. Because we talk a lot about, on this podcast, about... Um feeling unsafe. and I you know, I personally feel unsafe a lot. I feel very like, you know i'm I'm not very good at, um, you know, feeling confident when I'm outside and I mean in the dark and I just I just have a lot of problems with like being outside sometimes. And society
1: has trained us to be scared mm-hmm. in that way, especially that maybe this is where you're gonna go, but with like new, I don't know, the new obsession of like true crime. And it's like, there's all these stories then that are circulating of us being told about different murders and heinous crimes against women. And it's yeah. like, is
0: that helpful or harmful? I mean, I would say harmful, but, yeah. uh, but you know, I think the the I think that's what Pinky Pinky embodies, right? You don't know what he's going to do. You don't know what he's going to mm-hmm. take. You don't know what he's capable of. Uh, I mean, you don't know what he's capable of at that time. Mm. And that the feels very <laughs> like...
1: You know, oh man, yeah, this story really pisses me off because mm-hmm. it is, it's all those things embodied. And I guess it's a way of making it like a a folklore that can be told to younger children who probably haven't like encountered it yet. So it's like, is that then told to help them be more weary? Because, you know, I, as a child, I was somebody, I was not afraid of strangers. So, you know, it's like, a, a story like, like, you know, you try to teach children about stranger danger. So to protect them, um, man, this story is really messed up. Cause yeah, I'm with you. Even like as an adult woman, like I don't like walking my dog on the busier street because people will shout and say things from their cars, like about my body when I'm just trying to walk my dog. So it's like, I will purposefully sometimes go the long way or go a different way because I don't want to just, because also you don't know, is it just going to stop there with Mm -hmm. them saying something Mm -hmm. like, is something more going to happen? And like that constant daily, just like, you know, I don't know that it really crosses like the full fear threshold for me, but like, it's, it's scary. It's a like unwanted attention and, um, yeah, because, you know, like, I
0: feel safe, but it's... Uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think women, too, like, that's what we're trained to to guard ourselves against. Um, instead of saying, that person yelling at you from their car should be shamed. Like, right. that should be shameful to do, right? right. That is not their place to comment on your body mm-hmm. that is not their place to comment on anything frankly it makes me think of too
1: like I feel like there's two recent things that I heard about and so this is kind of relating to then like how women clothe themselves and like our bodies because then it's like okay so do I just wear baggy clothes so that nobody can see my body and nobody can say anything and again like you're putting it back on the woman to have to worry, like you're putting it back on the victim, which I feel like this story does too, because then it's like, oh, well, she shouldn't have been alone. She shouldn't like, you know, all those things. And recently there was some stories um, about, and I'm not like some huge Billie Eilish fan, but <laughs> I just, I think this is so messed up. I mean, she's a- an 18 year old and I guess there was some pictures. She's wearing like a form fitting tank top and some baggy shorts, but I don't know if you're familiar with her. She yeah. normally wears like uh, baggy yeah. clothes, but I never really thought about it as how much like that was her standing up and like having people focus on her music, not her body. And then like this one photo came out and people are freaking out on the internet and talking about it and like having so many comments. And it's like, why do we do this to people? We did it with Adele when like, oh, she's, you know, she has such a great voice because she's plus size. Then we focused on her voice because we didn't want to focus on her body. Then she loses all this weight. And that's like the best thing she could have ever done. Forget the Grammys, forget... Any of that, yeah, you know, Ugh.
0: just our obsession with controlling women is everywhere. It's very, it's very, yeah. But there is this tension, though, that we should probably underline. It's like, this story is meant to keep women safe because the reality is men aren't changing, right? The reality is that they aren't safe. And I think that that's where I get in trouble with true crime, because I, I obviously think it's actually very detrimental to women in some ways to hear these stories that are very unlikely to them. Um, you know, you have... Unlikely that a stranger would come and kill you. That is extremely unlikely. Um, and I think that, you know, that's very...
1: Right, don't the statistics say that it's more likely that it'd be like a partner, partner or somebody, somebody that you actually know? know Absolutely. But, but yep. those are the scariest stories about a stranger.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, eighty. I think it's like upwards of 80% is like it's probably somebody you know. And I mean, like I think that the you know the the tension is that we want women to be safe right and women can control their own actions but then at what cost right like i am not advocating that you you know go to a public bathroom in the middle of the night i'm not saying you know what i mean there is like some um some things that we need to teach ourselves to stay safe but mm-hmm. we are still staying safe in an environment that is controlled by you know, by the patriarchy, right? By by people who it's not in their best interest to control their behavior. You right. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think this story, Pinky Pinky, while I disagree with it, I think the the sentiment is is okay. I mm-hmm. think it's trying to protect girls, and I don't know that this is like the right way to go, right? Because you're just treating the symptom, not the disease, right? So I don't know. I don't know. I have I have thoughts about Pinky Pinky, but. I'm certainly not going to go to the bathroom alone anytime soon. So I'll be asking you if we ever get back to restaurants to come to the bathroom with me. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's probably, that's why women go
1: together, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Well, until then, I'll let Andy continue to protect me. Cody will.
0: Cody. (laughs) Cody's right there. He's right there. Oh, man. Well, yeah,
1: I love how you kind of like brought us back because I think you're right. I think it is like trying to serve a helpful purpose. Um, But the underlying tension that just pisses me off is how we do like we skirt the reality of who is at blame, you know, like Mm -hmm. victim shaming like through and through. Um, So, yeah, but yeah. definitely a spooky story and i appreciate you sharing it i will now feel a little differently in my pink office um, when you are not here so don't forget to not look up in the mirror when you're washing your hands don't look at it perfect that i have a full-length mirror in this pink
0: room no too. but the bath it's the bathroom you have to be okay. concerned about how pink is your bathroom that's my question i don't think there's any pink oh, in there. look it's like you knew it's like you knew maybe i did
1: <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> All right. Well, should we share the secret that we're going to have an extra special 2.0 <gasps> spooklore yes. coming out on Halloween, or maybe the Friday before? We'll Friday before. we'll see when we feel like dropping it. But if you enjoyed this, we'll have another spooklore coming at you soon. Spooklore part two. Woo
0: woo woo! All Thanks right. For well, joining hey us. man, i I'll, uh, I'll see you later, but not in the bathroom. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. But you can always find us on Instagram at Femlor Podcast or visit us online at com. We love what we do, but we can't do it without you. Your listens, shares, and reviews keep us going. So please tell your friends about us. Fimlore is produced by Mindy Scott, Rachel Marr, Aaron Crossland, and Lauren Crossland Marr. Audio engineering and music by Aaron Crossland. Research and coordination by Lauren Crossland Marr. And as always, canine support provided by Andy and Cody. Ow.